You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive, that it is active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide us to our very core. Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence in this place. As we crack open your word, we thank you that you are enlightening it to our hearts and to our souls to change us radically from death to life. Father, right now with everything going on, we tune our ear to heaven. We dismiss the cares of what we still have to do and, and whatever our concerns is or whatever our anxiousness is. We, we tell those things to silence and we tune our ear to the heaven. Father, we, we, we just ask you to speak to us, to change us, to direct us, to guide us so that we can glorify you. Not that we would be glorified, but that your kingdom would move forward in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. So where did I tell you to go? First Thessalonians. So, so here's what we're going to deal with today. How many of you right now, I just want to ask this simple, very, very, very simple question. How many of you right now feel like there's a, a little bit of Groundhog Day going on? Does anybody know what I'm talking about with Groundhog Day? Uh, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, it is a great movie. I'm not saying it's biblically based. I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not condoning anything that goes on in the movie. I'm just saying I have heard from outside sources who have watched it and reported back to me that there are funny things in it. That's all I'm saying. Trying to stay above reproach here. But how many of you feel like there is a groundhog day mentality right now? Huh? And how many of you kind of feel like it just feels like we're almost stuck in a pause moment? Anybody? No, no, raise your hand. I want, I, I, I want you to see this. Look around. Don't look at me. I've got my hand up, but look around. So I want you to see this, that what you are feeling is common to man right now. But one thing I want to make sure that we, are, that we are seeing and we are seeing clearly and understand biblically is that there were no moments, and for the kingdom of heaven, there are no moments of pause. And as believers and as children of God, that we cannot get into a world system, if the world goes on pause, the church cannot go on pause with it. Does that make sense? Did you hear what I just said? And I believe biblically, foundationally, that we can look at the word, and we're going to today, because we've been talking about being purposeful. And the one thing about being purposeful is purposeful always is pushing forward. Purposeful is always activating future action. Does that make sense? Like when I'm being purposeful about something, it's I am, there is action, there is movement, there is engagement, there is thought, there is being strategic, there is, there is an intention to it. And so what I want to say is, is church, if you feel like you're in a pause moment, then we got to break out of that. We've got to break out of that. And here's what happens when we get into pause moments. And if you don't believe me on this, you can just, just pull up the Facebook um, and open that thing up, right? You can just pull that up. You can go on any social media. You can go on anywhere. When people get into pause moments, what they begin to do 
is they begin to just have very loud opinions about things with no solution. Have you noticed that? When people are in pause moments, we, we just tend, and we don't feel like there's anywhere to go, then we just, we just either get mad at it, and so we just have an opinion about it, but we have no answer for it. And so we just get in this cycle of just letting our, our opinion stew even more and our, our opinion of it, our, our view of it, we just look at it and we just get angry at it and we, just have, we get more bitter about something, but we don't move forward. And I don't believe that that's the case or any pattern that I see biblically through children of God or even the church of God. He is always saying that there's a moving forward for the kingdom, right? So, so let's look at this. So what is the pattern to get us out of that pause moment? It's real simple, and I, I, I'm, I, I have always told you this, that it's my job to bring you practical applications so that you can apply. Number one, my job is to give you the Word of God, so what? So that you can know it, or learn it, that you can have it, that the Holy Spirit can reveal it to you, and that you can teach others, right? That is my job. My other job is to give you making sure that we're not just dealing with stuff from a very kind of high level thing where it's just these ideas in the sky which get a lot of amens and a little a lot of rah-rahs and we really, really deal with some emotional stuff and it feels good to kind of have our emotions in, in, in something. But my job is to give us practical things so that when you walk out this door, there is a plan that we can put into action, right, to move forward. To go from death into life. This isn't my plan. It's just a biblical plan that I'm looking at. So the biblical plan that I believe that gets us out of these pause moments, that gets us into more of a purpose-driven uh, way of thinking and a purpose-driven way of life is simply this. And I'll just give them to you. There's, there's not going to be any gotcha moments. There's not going to be any big, great reveals. And ha-ha, ta-da, you didn't see that coming. I'm going to give it to you right off the bat. Ready? Are you ready? Pray. Plan, execute. Those three things. Pray, plan, execute. You can apply those three things, and we're going to biblically break this down in just a second here, but you can biblically apply those three actions to any area of your life. And in fact, if you are not doing these, if you do not have this strategy in, in your life, then by definition, you are being led by your flesh in whatever actions or attitudes or paths you're going. Did you hear what I just said? So if we do not have this plan, a plan to pray, a plan to actually plan and strategize, and then a plan to actually execute, then we're just going in the motion, or we get into these pause moments where we just sit back and we're just waiting. We just sit back and doing nothing. We just sit back and we get mad at our circumstances. We get mad at where we're at financially. We get mad at where we're at relationship-wise. We get mad at where we see. We just get mad at everything. It's just, it is human nature that if I can't move it or change it, then I eventually get mad at it. It's just human nature. But I believe that there is a biblical plan and a biblical strategy for every area, whether it is your finances, whether it is your job or your lack thereof, whether it is your marriage, whether it is your relationships, whether it is how you are, are delivering and being purposeful and how you deliver the gospel message. There is a plan and an execution that has to take place. So let's look at this real quick. Are you with me? 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. I'm going to give you some felt board stuff here today, guys. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says this. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances for this in God's because because this, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray. The initial plan, the initial way to get out of this pause moment, the initial plan to begin to move forward is we must begin to pray. Did you hear what I said? And I know most of you, if you have been in church for longer than five days, you have heard somebody stand before you and say the words, hey, maybe you should pray about that. And you know what we do? Nothing. Zero. If I was asking you to be genuinely honest with me, I mean genuinely honest with me, and I ask you, have you prayed about that? And what I mean by prayer is, is going before God, asking him questions, telling you to get, asking, presenting number one, presenting number one, thankfulness that I could come before him. But number two, here's the situation. Here's my dilemma. Here's what I am dealing with. Is there a strategy of heaven that can be applied to this so that I can then, with proactiveness, change my setting? And I honestly believe that in the church, I believe that the majority of people, our prayers are more, if we, if we really kind of broke our prayers down, they were more wrapped around, I'm upset about this, but I'm not asking on how to get out of it. And, I don't, and maybe if I'm asking to get out of it, I'm just asking God to do something miraculous and to leave me out of it. Did you hear what I just said? Our prayers aren't, God, give me a strategy where I would have to maybe even die to self or walk in lordship. God, I need you to part the Red Sea just so I can walk across. Does that make sense? Now, why is it so important to pray first? Well, let's get really, really, let's get really, really practical about this. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2, it says this. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. This is a problem with believers. You know how I know this? Because it is a problem in me. And if it's a problem in me, it's going to be a problem in you. Because I'm no different than you, right? A person may think their own ways are right. Here's the thing. The Bible says that we are commanded to pray continually. We are not commanded to do our own thing and then pray God bless that thing, that's not the pattern of heaven. Most of us run down the course and the pattern that we want to run down, and then if we do pray, we ask God to get involved and to make that path better. Right? God, I want to do this. I'm going to go do this. Here I go. I'm going to do it. God, I'm, I'm three weeks in. God, I'm six months in. Oh, man. Hey, God, uh, could you, like, bless this thing and really make it better and somehow, you know, bless me in the moment of it? Now, sometimes God in his goodness and his mercy will do that. But I don't believe that that is a biblical pattern. Are you following me on this? Because if we are, not, if we are relying on our own ways first then even the things that sometimes we think are right, but God says, I weigh the heart, meaning this, meaning when we go before God and we say, God, 
This is my want to. I always tell, I always tell people when they're, when they're talking about praying something, I always tell people, please, I'm begging you, give God a chance to say no. Now, it's not always a no, but what I mean by that is simply this. Give God the, the space to say the opposite of what you already want. Does that make sense? Because it is very easy. I will tell you right now, if I want to do something, if I want to do it, like if it's in my want-tos, I guarantee you, I can find a cloud out in that sky that I can look at and go, ooh, that, look, that looks like a bass boat at, at 75% interest. Oh, God must want me to do it. Oh, there's a sign in heaven. Hallelujah, church. When I have a want-to already, right? When I already have a want to, I am telling you, those times right there have to be even more so. I have to give God, I have to pray prior to me executing or even planning to move that direction because God in his goodness as a good father will weigh the intentions of my heart because what I think is right to me might not be heaven's plan. You follow me on this? And so I am going to pray prior to action. I am going to pray prior to moving into this. Why? Because I don't want to get into something. I don't want to begin to step forward into something or to even execute something that was not heaven's intentions anyway. My goodness, how many times in your own life can you look at your own life and say, the problem that I got into, I got myself into. Anybody? Meaning, I ran ahead. How many of you ever did this? I run ahead, and then after I run ahead, and then, and then everything begins to crumble, and then I pray, and then God says, yeah, that wasn't my plan. And then I have to repent and get out of that thing and try to unwire all the wires that I've connected. How many of you ever walked down that road? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, okay, good. Four of you? Good, good. You know what that means for the rest of everybody? They're in that situation right now. And we're not here to judge you. We're not here to judge you. I'm just saying, but if you didn't raise your hand, we know where you're at. We know exactly where you're at right now. And by the way, good luck with that. Good luck with that. We pray that your heart comes to repentance quickly. But it's true, man. Listen, I'm trying to get... Listen. You have heard, if maybe, my, my hope is through the power of the Holy Spirit, that maybe through 30 years of you of hearing this plan, this biblical plan, that maybe today we finally pick it up. We finally pick it up and act on it. Because believers need to pray. Father, is this where you want me to go? Father, I want to do this. I want this. You know I want this, but is it in your timing? You might want me to have it, but you might not want me to have it now. You might want me to have it six months from now. And you have a plan six months from now for me to have it. Let's make this really practical. God, there might be things I want in my life, in the natural, trinkets. God, I would desire this. I would really like, I need a new car. I want a new car. But I want a new car now. And I can get a new car now, but it's going to be at 75% interest. And it's going to be a, a loan that it's going to, I got a great deal. It's, it's 75% interest in a 12-year loan for a $4,000 car. By the time I get done paying for that thing, I, I, I've bought two, you know, Maseratis. Right? No, 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 follow me on this. So I might need something right now, 
But then I ask God, and I have a way to make that happen. But I begin to ask God to give me wisdom on that. And he goes, yeah, you do need a car. But I have a car from you six months from now. And I need you to pray and I need you to seek me because we're going to get into this. Because I have a plan on how I'm going to shape you. And if you walk in my lordship, we'll be able to put finances aside and finances away. So six months from now, you'll be able to just pay $4,000 in cash and never think about it again. Are you following me on this? Listen, I know some of us don't like these messages because they're way too practical. And they touch on things that deal with our everyday lives. We don't like this. We want to talk about stuff that's up here in the sky. We want to talk about the gold streets of heaven. We want to talk about angels visiting us. But we don't want to deal with walking in lordship in our dailies. We don't want to do it because it messes with us. Because it's easier to dream of heaven in the sweet by and by with ever walking in the plans of heaven in the right now. It's much easier. Trust me, I know this for a fact. I know it. I know it. So the Bible is going to say simply this, that we should, that a person should, that, 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 that we should pray continually, that this is the beginning of every plan when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. Even in James, I'm going to give you this too, James 1.5. Come on, this is felt board stuff. If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously, generously to all without finding fault. It, and it will be given to you. And I love that James and the Holy Spirit guiding him inserts that, sit, that sentence in between the comma. If any of you will ask wisdom, you should ask God. And then there's a comma. He could have just said, and it will be given to you. But there's a comma there, and it says, who gives generously to all without finding fault. You know why I love that that's there? Because some of us, the honest truth of it, if you pick up this plan, the honest truth is, is some of you are going to be bringing to him things you've already done incorrectly. Do you hear what I just said? Like some of you are already going to be bringing him things and saying, hey, I walked down this road incorrectly and I didn't use wisdom, but I'm asking you for wisdom and I'm repenting of the fact that I did not. This is all in the prayer, right? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I did this incorrectly. I'm repenting and asking you to forgive me. And then the Bible says, and I, and I need wisdom on this. I need your plan. I love that it says, who gives generously to all without finding fault. Meaning, as a good father, he doesn't look at you and say, cruiser, you know what? When you come to me and, and, you, and you've already gotten yourself in this mess, now, now I'm going to hold this over your head. I know you've repented, but that was stupid that you got into that mess. That was so dumb. What were you thinking? Some of us genuinely have a view of God that that's how it's going to go down. That we're going to bring him stuff that we've already wired incorrectly. And that if we present, it's almost like I can't bring him that. I've already screwed that thing up, right? I've already screwed that thing up. So you know what? I'm just going to ride it out and hope for the best and hope for his grace and mercy. No, no, even in those things, in fact, even more so in those things, that we should ask, as James said, Father, I need wisdom on this. Father, because not only am I going to need wisdom on your plan, I'm going to need wisdom on how to unwire this thing. You understand that? Have you ever, I, 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 I know nothing about construction or electricity or wiring. In fact, I'm not allowed to mess with electricity because every time I do, I tend to electrocute myself or those that I love. It's just the truth. 
But I'm telling you, it's funny. I know Eric knows electricity and Eric knows wiring and stuff like that. And, I've, and, and I, can, I can only imagine me walking in and have wired up a room and then Eric coming behind me and just looking at me going, do you know how much work it's going to take for me to get this right so that we don't electrocute everybody when you, t- when you flush the toilet? Like, there should not be electricity involved when the toilet gets flushed, Chris. Right? What I'm saying is, is we need the wisdom of God, and he will give us wisdom not only in his original plan, but how to then unwire it. And the thankfully, because of repentance, and there is no condemnation in Christ once we repent, right? Then he will do this without finding fault because he does not. Once we as a child of God have repented, he's like, all right, let's move on. Let's move on and walk this thing out. You hear me today? Like, that should be good news from you. Because some of you in here have been walking that thing down, and you've been walking in that plan for the last six months, going, I can't bring this to him. He's just going to be mad at me. No, he won't. Repent. And he will not find fault. He will just give you the wisdom on how to walk it out. Now, let's jump forward here. Because that seems like a felt board thing. We should pray first. But yeah, let me say it again. You should pray first. And pray continually. Next thing is this, is plan. I love this one, Luke chapter 14. Come on, go there with me. Luke chapter 14, are you with me today? Is this going to help anybody? Good. Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 28, Jesus is going to say this. Suppose one of you who wants to build a tower, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and you are not able to finish, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. And it goes on and it talks even more. And then you sit there and say, oh, well, Pastor Chris, oh, that's talking about being a disciple. And that, that has nothing to do with my business plans. If he is saying that there is a plan that we should think out when it comes to being a disciple, then that means for every action that disciple makes, there should be a strategic plan involved in it. Do you hear what I just said? And if you do not think that God is a strategic planner, then you have not read the Bible. Go to Moses. Uh, we, we can go there. Go to Exodus chapter 18. Come on, I'm going to show you this. Go to Exodus 18, verse, starting in verse 17 through 23. And I won't, I won't talk through all of this. But Moses has basically just led, led the people out. How many people were there? Does anybody know? How many people crossed the Red Sea? Ryan, have you heard? What's the number? The rumor has it, two million people. So Moses does all this thing, and he's leading, but something begins to happen. All of a sudden, everything that he's doing is is weighing down on him. And all of a sudden, his father-in-law shows up and begins to talk to him. He goes, hey, man, there's a strategic plan here. There's a strategic plan. Here's what I want you to do in Exodus chapter 18. God, through his father-in-law, lays this plan out of bringing in other great men, other men that know and that can lead correctly and delegating to them so that the plan can be executed. Are you following me? If you do not think that God is strategic, then you haven't seen this. It wasn't sometimes even in the planning, the planning has to go beyond you. Sometimes for the things of God to happen, they are going to have to go outside of you. 
There are strategic plans and strategic ways to get something done. You don't believe me? Go, uh, we can look in, in Joshua. How many of you have heard the walls of Jericho? Huh? Anybody know what happened to the walls of Jericho? Huh? Why did they fall down? Because God said so. But what did he tell them to do prior to them falling down? He said, do what? He said, do what? Walk? He, he gave them what? Do what? A, I'm sorry, that sounds like a, a plan, right? For them to do something, right? A plan, even though it seemed in the natural as nothing, I want you to do this action to accomplish my plan. God was strategic in that. And there are times, listen to me, I know we always read that story of the Jericho walls falling down, and we're like, oh, that's so amazing. I have to be honest with you. If I'm in that group walking around, about the third time, I'm going to be like, you sure you heard this? Because all I see us doing is walking around. What I am saying to you is this. There are times that the plan of God seems, seems wrong, seems counterintuitive, seems against common knowledge. It seems like this makes no sense for me to do. And if they did not, follow me on this, if they did not walk this plan out this seemingly that we have turned into some amazing thing oh these people walked around seven times do you understand god told them to walk around a a city seven times and something was going to happen we have made that so super spiritual and missed the fact that there were actual people with brain stems Walking around a building or walking around a fortress going, I don't know, this is what he told me to do, so I'm going to do it. I don't understand it. This makes no sense. And it especially doesn't make sense out of the fifth time. And it especially doesn't make sense out of the sixth time. Right? What I am saying is, is without prayer and without planning and getting the plan of God, guess what those walls are doing? They're still standing. They're still standing. Even if you look at the life of Paul, bringing up what Megan was talking about, you look at the life of Paul, and you look at the plan of where he went to. You don't, let, me, let me just tell you, explain something to you. Everywhere Paul went, and every city he strategically targeted was for a reason. He was looking at what is the greatest reach why am I going to go to Ephesus? Well, it's a, it is the corridor to the, it is corridor for the gospel to get to, to Asia. There are, if you look back just even historically that all of these different letters and all of these different places that he was targeting, that the Holy Spirit was having him target was not random. But if he doesn't do those plans, if he doesn't have those plans, then he is just reliant on walking out what he thinks. Are you following me on this? So listen to me. How do we get out of pause? We have to have a plan, or we have to pray. We have to ask for wisdom. And then we have to plan. Meaning you have to strategically write down the plan that God has for you to walk out of that situation that you're in. You have to write down and have a plan. How do I get out of debt? 
Well, if I keep doing the same plan I did yesterday, guess where I will be today? Still in debt. How will I get my marriage from a position of brokenness and always being in anger? How do, I, how do I change that, Father? How do I do this? Well, if I do the same thing that I did yesterday and I do it again today, my marriage and my relationship will be the exact same. How do I reach the lost in my life? How do I reach the lost and, and move the message of the kingdom forward? Well, if I do the same thing that I did yesterday... Those same people that were unreached yesterday will still be unreached today. Are you following me on this? My fear is, is that we make this so simple. My fear is, is that we make such a simple, practical thing so simple that we dismiss it. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the church dismissing, not just this church, but the corporate church together, that the corporate church has dismissed the simple things and the simple plans of God to chase down thoughts of men and good ideas and good programs and good plans and good building things and all of this stuff, but we have missed, missed the strategy of heaven because we've no longer looked for it. Now let's go to the last thing, it's execute. Come on, I'm going to leave you with this. Are you with me today? Is this helping anybody? Huh? Okay. Is this messing with anybody a little bit? Good, good. Two people are honest with me. I appreciate that. I want you to see this in Matthew chapter 26. Because I don't think that there's a greater representation of somebody praying, getting a plan, and then executing the plan. Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 42 through 56, just simply says this. This is Jesus praying in the garden. Jesus is going to say this. He says, he went away a second time and he prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your what? May your will be done. And when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and he went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And then, underline this, star it, circle it, whatever you have to do. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look. The hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Why do I use this as an example? Because this is the greatest representation and the greatest pattern as a believer of somebody walking in the executable plan for the purpose of the kingdom to move forward. What do I mean by that? Jesus goes and prays to the Father. He is, he feels, he knows, he has a sense of what is to come, and he prays and he says, I, I don't know about this. If there's a way for this to go down without this, without me going through this, let this be so, but what? But, but not my will, but your will be done. We are seeing the one that we follow after pray and get a plan. How do I know that there is a plan? How do I know that there is a plan? Because we do not, the one thing in this passage that we miss out on is any response from heaven. Did you hear what I just said? Meaning we do not hear the response from heaven. 
But something, either, either two things happened. Either the father responded in the positive and said, son, you got to walk through it. Or there was no response and the plan never changed from the beginning. Did you hear what I just said? So either one of those two things happened. Either the plan that I gave you from the beginning hasn't changed and it's still on. Or he said, son, I know what we're going through. I know what's going to happen. But come on, I'm going to give you my strength. I'm going to give you my grace. I'm going to walk this out with you. And how do I know that? How do I know that without seeing it? Because I then see somebody that is walking into submission to the Father then get up from where they are at and execute the plan, even at the cost of his life. Did you hear what I just said? See, here's the thing, and I think this is, we we get stuck on many different layers on this, right? We either pray, we're either those believers that just, man, we pray all the time. We don't ever plan anything, and we surely don't ever execute anything, but we pray a lot, right? Oh, I, me and the Father talk all the time. What is he telling you to do? Oh, we just talk about stuff. He's my buddy. He's my co-pilot, right? Like, you, you might have a great prayer life where you just talk to him about stuff. Man, I really like those things like, you know, trees and oxygen. That was really cool. And so you think you've got this great prayer life because you in heaven talk all the time, right? And you're trapped in that world of just that that was the sole purpose of prayer, just that you in heaven communicate. No, you in heaven communicate was designed so that you could get the plan of heaven, bring it on as your will in heaven. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do I get the plan of heaven here? So your prayer life has to be involved in getting executable plans. So, so you might pray a lot, but we get hung up in that place. You might even plan a lot. Man, I know people all the time, and I'll be honest with you. I'm one of them. Ryan and Megan will tell you, one of my shortcomings is this, is not having vision. It's not having, it's not not having vision. It's not having and seeing the plan of God. It's then just staying in that moment. And having a lot of plans, Ryan, am I wrong in this? No, he's not, I'm not wrong in this. I could have a lot of plans and God could show me a lot of things, but I get so hung up in the details. I get so hung up in the, in the minutia of the plan that I never then move into the execution. And I live my life with a lot of great plans on how to do something, but yet never accomplish anything. Are you all on this? And we, so we get stuck at different layers in this process. But we have Jesus here. And he gets the plan of heaven. And, and honestly, he's the one that's going to pay a price executing this plan. Right? But here's the thing that I know. And even in Philippians, it's going to say this in Philippians chapter 1. It says, for me to live is what? Is Christ, and for me to die is gain. We have got to bring that reality into our prayer life in execution. One of the things that keeps us from executing, 
One of the things that keeps us from executing is that when we see the plan of heaven, there might be a cost of our lives involved in it. And so we never step into it, but because we see the cost. And listen to me. I'm not even talking about the cost of your life on a cross or the cost of your life as a martyr. I'm talking about the cost of your life, and you might have to give up some time. You might have to lay down your want-tos to execute this plan. I don't want to do that. Okay, well, then you'll never execute the plan of heaven. I don't see how this benefits me. What am I getting out of it? I'm really glad that Jesus didn't ask that question in the garden. Hey, Dad, all these goofballs down here that don't even like me, that don't love me, that are my enemy, and yet I'm going to go to the cross? I'm, why don't we execute a couple of them? That'll teach them. Like, I could do that all day long. No, 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 follow me on this. You're going to sit there and say, oh, Pastor Chris, how could you say that? No, no, track with me on this. He, wasn't, he was going to take it all on him. The cost was paid in him. The cost was paid in him. And he is saying, this is the pattern that I'm setting forward in you. You have to understand, for the kingdom of heaven to move forward, it is going to take children and followers of God that do not see gain or good plans is only when they get something out of it. Because some of these plans might be this. I need you to go and forgive them. I'm sorry. Um, how do I benefit again from that? Um, I don't think that they're worthy of my forgiveness. So, so how do I benefit from that? You know what, heaven? Get back to me when you have a plan that's executable, that I can do that task. I'll give it to you. If you want me to do it, I get that. But you show, like, am I going to forgive them? And then they're going to then turn around and cry and weep and say they are sorry and, and lavish everything that whatever they stole from me back on me. Is that, do I have a guarantee in that? Until I have a guarantee of that, I'm not moving forward in this plan. The Bible says is to live, or to die is Christ, and to live, no, 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 you flip that, right? That is for me to live, for, for, for me to, to, to live is Christ. Like, I, I cannot be looking at every plan. If you look at every executable plan and base it on how good do you come out, I promise you, I promise you, you will go back to the beginning of this plan and you will go back to what Proverbs talks about and you will become that person who thinks their own way is right. Did you hear what I just said? When we do not like the outcome or if we do not like the plan, when the plan requires lordship, we get angry at it and then we go back into that place of Proverbs and we become people that say, I have a better way. Because my plan leads to me getting ahead. My plan gets me to winning. My plan gets me to lord over them. My plan gets me to be the person that's right. Right? Because how many of you love being right? Huh? There's a lot of people on Facebook right now that love being right. 
right? And if they don't think, if you argue with them about being right, which I do not suggest that, they will delete you so they continue to look right, right? Because we love being right. It is, it is in, it's in our flesh. It is in our sin nature. We want to be right. We want to get ahead. We want to win. We are in, do you understand that each and each and every single one of you is a board flipper? In every single one of you, in your DNA, you, in your flesh, you, in that sin nature, you're a board flipper. You might not flip boards, but it's in you. It's in you. And what I am telling you is that for you to, I'm just giving you this heads up, that when he does give you those executable plans and when he gives you that thing that says, I'm going to need from you lordship in this area and I'm going to need you to die to self in this area for this plan to go forward and to be executable. And then why? For the glory and the the plan of the kingdom of heaven to come from earth as it is in earth or as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. How that is going to take place is going to cause you to maybe not come out on top. Are you okay with that? Are you okay like Paul would say that if that he just be poured out? Like, man, if, like it's saying about me, if, I, if I'm poured out and if it's for the sake of, if, if I lose my life, it, but it's for the sake of the message of the cross going forward, are you okay with that? And again, we only think of that in the, in the context of, of martyrs and the concept of people losing their physical life. Like, are you, are you okay for the plan and the purpose of heaven and the kingdom of heaven to go forward if you, if you have to be ridiculed about something? If you have to die to yourself about something? Are you okay with, with not spending that money now and maybe having to save up and do it six months from now? I mean, on, even on that simple of plan. Are you willing to go outside of even your, what if God, just think about this in the practical, what if you don't have a job right now and God says, well, I, that's okay, I've got another plan for you. I'm going to allow you to provide for your family by doing this, this, and this. And some of us don't do this, this, and this. Why? Because this, this, and this is below me. That is below me. I have an education. I am, I am trained in this. I, and God's like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. Like, I, I'm trying to make a way for you, and I'm giving you a way to do this. But because of your stubbornness and because of your ego, you won't step into this. I'm not saying you'll do this forever. Listen to me. I, I have a degree. I don't even know what it's in, but I have a degree. Oh, it's, it's religious education. I don't even know what that means. But I have a degree. I went to school for a long time, and they gave me a piece of paper at the end of it. And there are things in my, in my walk with Christ, I have found myself doing things that, and I have preached in front of thousands of people, and I have taught people, and I have done all these things. But you know what else I have found myself doing? I have found myself cleaning cars. I have found myself hanging drywall. I have found myself uh, doing all kinds of things that, that are, were below my, quote, education level. And I should be doing, oh, no, no, I, I, I'm going to just sit here until God gives me back a platform. I, I'm not doing anything. Until, you know what? It, it must just not be his will for me to eat right now. No, do you see how silly that is? 
But your gal was like, you know what, Chris, I'm going to open up this door and you're going to go clean cars for a while. And, and I'm going to open up this door and I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to, to go do this. So I'm going to have you go and, and recruit physicians and I'm going to have you go do this. Why? So that I could have something to provide for my family to get us through to where we needed to go. I had to execute that plan and never think that it was below me. Not that any of those things are actually below me. In fact, all those things are actually probably above, above me. Let's just be honest. But what I'm saying is if you get in those mindsets, and again, you can apply that to every level of your life. When it comes to your finances, oh, I can't do that. I, I have a certain lifestyle to maintain. I deserve to have nice things. It, 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 God would want me to have this. Uh, I, that, and so I can't even think about maybe buying something cheaper that will just get us through to this. No, 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 no. He wants me to have nice things. Really? Really? If he wants you to have a car, then he must just want you to get from point A to point B. So whether that car costs $100,000 or $100, if it does the job of getting you to from point A to B, don't look at it and the value of what you got out of it, but did it allow you to accomplish the task and be a part of the plan that he has for you? Do you see how easily we get messed up in this? Do you see how easily along the way, whether it's prayer, planning, or execution, how it's so simple to find a way out of it? I don't want to die to myself in that area. Come big, more small. I don't want to do it. And so I'll just do what seems right to man. I'll just do what seems right to man. And 10 years from now, I'll be in the same place that I'm in now. And, and I will not have been used of heaven to move forward the kingdom. Oh, you might have sat in church for those 10 years. You might have been a part of Bible studies. You might, have been a, you might even have been an usher or a greeter or worked in the nursery. But if you have not executed the plan and even prayed about the plan, you are still in the same position 10 years from now that you are right now. And my goodness, church, if there, we have to get out of this pause moment. And some of us have been in pause for a long time. Did you hear what I just said? And how many of you want to move out of this pause moment? This is the plan. I'm giving you, I, I mean, not me. The word of God is giving us an executable plan, a pattern to follow for us to walk out of this. Financially, spiritually, how you deliver the, the gospel in your life, how you walk in your relationships. There is a pattern Grab onto this. Stop being too mature for this and thinking there's something deeper. This is a simple pattern that my child, my nine-year-old son can grab a hold of, yet somehow as a 46-year-old man, I struggle with. We have to repent and act accordingly. Do you hear me today? Does this help anybody today? That's good. Well, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, I do. I thank you. I, I thank you that, number one, that repentance is taking place. Because in my own life, and I know in my friends and my family in this community, Father, I know all of us in some area of our life, we, do, we, have, not, we have not talked to heaven about a plan that we're actively involved in. And so, Father, let repentance come. Father, as James would say, as we pray and ask for wisdom on, on how to move forward into something or how to unwire something, we thank you that because we've repented, <laughs> that you're not going to find fault in us. You're not going to hold it over us. You're not going to lord it over us and, and hold us in shame. 
that you're going to walk with us in love and mercy and grace and give us wisdom, freely giving us wisdom. Father, as we gain that wisdom, let us have a plan. Let us see your plan, and then let us walk in the ultimate lordship and follow the pattern of the one that we follow after and execute the plan. Why? Why? So that the kingdom of heaven can move forward. Let it be so. Father God, we ask you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Well, stand to your feet, you beautiful church, you. Come on now. Come on, I wasn't expecting of a lot of amens and applauses and, and oh, it's so good, Pastor Chris. Mess with me in my most intimate details of my life. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, I'm so thankful that you're messing with me. Oh, oh, give me more of that. I, I wasn't expecting with that. But I do expect us to walk out of this place and like James would say, that we don't just be hearers of the word, that we actually be doers of the word. Can we do that today? Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.